Rise and Recover with Nancy and Kathy, speaking about addictions, connecting with communities, and making a difference. We are women in recovery with a desire to bring awareness and healing to recover our world. Hey everybody, Nancy here. Kathy here. Welcome to Rise and Recover. That's right. Today we are going to talk about driving while intoxicated. Whoa, D-U-I. That would be driving under the influence. Oh my gosh, that's right. They're different things. Mm. We have a lot to talk about, folks. That's right. It's driving while intoxicated or driving under Under the influence. influence. Got it. All right, Kathy, you want to hear our quote for the day? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Spit it out there, Nance. Okay. Put God in the driver's seat. Perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because like... I don't know about you, but I'm a backseat driver. This is the spiritual, like, you know, piece before we get into talking about driving while intoxicated. But, you know, I I always want to be in the driver's seat. But... Oh, I know that. That's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and I like that. When I was uh, getting sober, I remember somebody always hearing, like, the old timers that have been sober mm-hmm. a long time saying put God in the driver's seat stop driving the car Mm -hmm. but you know I got my sobriety started because of um, a DWI you know I was driving while intoxicated on the Boston Expressway I had my girlfriend in the car I remember her saying Nancy are you okay can you drive and I'm like yeah I can drive and it was like 1.30 1.30 in the morning, the bar had just closed, we were coming off of Newberry Street, and I'm driving down the expressway, and we get to the toll booth, and I just go right into a sob, you know, remember those sob cars? Yeah, yeah it was at the toll booth, and, and you know, luckily, luckily, I, I it wasn't really bad, you know, I yeah. just obviously bumped the car. But, you know, I just, you know, that spatial relationship thing, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was drunk. Yeah. It's what it was. (laughs) And I thought I was fine. Yeah. But sure enough, there was a um, police officer, a state trooper, you know, I was in Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. state trooper right around the corner. And he just pulled over and just made me bring the car, my little Fiero, off to the side of the road. And um, and made me do a field sobriety test, which Ooh. I had never done in my life. And I had dr- driven drunk many times, you know, but I'd never had to do a field sobriety test. And um, I couldn't do it. You know, they I couldn't do the alphabet forward or backward. Do they really ask backwards? They I, say, they, yeah, do, they well, say, tell us to it. Yeah, us and backwards. I was just like, I told them I'm so nervous. I can't say it. I'm so nervous. And, um, you know, and he asked me to walk a straight line. And I could not walk a straight line. Wow. And and I remember, you know, I had to go to the um, to the, the holding area at the at the state barracks. Yeah. You know, they, um, they had me handcuffed to a wall. Mm-hmm. And I was loaded. I was loaded, you know. So that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. It really wasn't. I had no idea that I... Um, I really was in such a state of denial. And I had driven many times under the influence. Many times. I had been driving. So I was like about, I don't know, Kathy, 26 when that happened. And I had been driving drunk since I got a car. Yeah. And that was um, a, a Chevy Vega. I'm really aging myself. And I was 17, yeah. you know. And I 
thought that drinking and driving just went hand in hand. I didn't even see how, I I never once thought of handing my keys over to somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the 70s going into the 80s. It was a different time. Yeah, we didn't do that. It's really true. You know, it's funny you say that because I don't, uh, I too uh, ended my uh, active use uh, due to a DWI as well. But um, yeah, I don't think I, the minute I got a license, I was, because I had already been getting high and drinking prior to getting a driver's license. Right. So that was just an added piece to, you know, my use. I, I, I totally agree. I would have never asked someone to take the keys. I thought I was Mario Andretti. Yeah. When I was like out of my whacker, you know, I really thought I can drive fine. I'm going to be fine. So many things when I look back today Mm -hmm. that never resulted in DWIs, which is like a gift from, I mean, that was definitely God. You know, that was a definite intervention of God because there's so many times I should have been in trouble and I wasn't. Mm. People I was with should have been pulled over they weren't I, I cars wrecked and damage done it it was it was yeah it was a rough time you know but we said it before those times were so different yeah I know. you know I remember being a young person mm-hmm. and I don't I, I don't even know maybe I was old enough to drive I don't know how old I was but you know coming from an alcoholic background I remember the elder people in my life right. driving drunk. Me and, too. I mean, we would go on like trips to the country and they'd be boozing it in the front seat, driving us, you know, to the country. You know, the guys were in the front having a couple of cold ones while we're driving up uh, the New York State Thruway. It was like, I don't even think you thought twice about it, mm. you know? So I just was thinking about um, how. I when I got when I got sober, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that really occurred to me I was twenty six and I didn't I didn't lose a lot you know I um, I mean pff, granted you know I did not behave well I'm mm-hmm. not saying that I you know but I still had a job mm-hmm. you know I I was financially okay. I I didn't see, I didn't even know. I was just in such a state of denial. But when I got that DWI and I started going to the the drunken driving program in in Massachusetts that they sent me to, I really started becoming aware. It was like the bubble was popped. Somebody told me that, you know, you need to abstain for 90 days and go to two AA meetings a week. And I thought that was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about that before. Yeah. But but I was, you know, once that happened, I was like, you know what? I really, really don't want to get in the car. It was just like all the times I'd driven drunk mm-hmm. made like came rushing back in my head. Yeah. And I realized that I was dangerous when I drove drunk. And I just remembered that. And, and that's, you know, there was just something about that that was such a severe consequence. The idea that I could, I could actually kill somebody, mm-hmm. just I could not live with. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's funny when you said that about being in, um, in handcuffed to the wall, that mm-hmm. happened to me as well. And I happen to have, uh, you know, a baby at the time. Uh-huh. So consequences were a little bit large for me. Did I think 
like I don't even I have to tell you I was obliviate I was so I was wasted I didn't think of anything at all at the time but you're 100% right after the fact you think oh my god I could have killed I could have killed my own son never mind somebody else hitting someone else I had uh, you know a young baby with me so yeah the journey was uh, definitely about to change there's no doubt about it mm -hmm. and, and you know it's the, it's an insanity. Mm -hmm. That level of denial yeah. is so real. And I, I really needed somebody to point out some facts about it. I mean, granted, I needed a whole support system to go mm -hmm. along with it just to stay sober. I mean, I just couldn't do it alone. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have done it alone, probably. But I did realize that that was a bad consequence. And I just, I, I just didn't think I could live with myself because, you know, I, I was, I had such a low self-esteem at the time. I was like, well, you know, if something happened to me, that's a big deal. But I could never live with something happening to somebody else, else. Yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that's just not a very, you know, sane way of thinking anyway. But, but here we are, you and I, yeah. you know, we're like 32 years into this, mm -hmm. you know, the sobriety thing. And part of it is, is that. You know, uh, the responsibility factor of, uh, you know, just, um, you know, there's so many good pieces about the life, my life, but I did not, I don't drive drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't ever have to drive drunk again. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, I'd always have that awareness if I ever picked up. I stay sober for all sorts of other reasons, too. But it was definitely a factor when I first got sober. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't even know if I put that much energy into it being so much about that as much as my life just falling apart. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you do get sober and you you are aware and you can't you can't shut that off anymore. You know, right. when you're sober and you're and you're working your program, you can't shut it off. And you I have to tell you even now today you notice like if somebody's swerving or something, maybe, you know, maybe they're under the influence or maybe something's happening. And and you realize the danger that you really, I mean, the things that could have happened right. that didn't because of it. And, and all out of, really out of addiction, because it really, that's what it was. It wasn't a conscious choice, I don't think. I, I really mean that. I, I remember having a friend. I remember being obliviated yeah. at a bar. I had a car. And you know what? I have to say that I, our friendship ended, I believe, this night. I must have made a scene about wanting to drink and drive. Yeah. And she said to me, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't remember. I only mm -hmm. remember what I was told this, the day after because I was a huge blackout drunk. And I know that that car made it to my house, but it wasn't me driving it. And I got home, you know, by somebody else. And I believe the way I behaved in that moment ended a friendship um, because of wanting to drive drunk and at least having people in my life at that moment that weren't going to allow me to do that because I don't know what could have happened at that moment and because many a time I did this was just a moment in time where somebody had the had the wherewithal to say no it's not okay you can't do that so yeah. it's super dangerous. There's oh my no goodness. I've it. had so mm -hmm. many people in my car mm -hmm. with me mm -hmm. driving that way. Mm -hmm. And I remember people saying, you know, I went out 
let me out of the car. <laughs> Do you? Yes, I remember that <laughs> oh one. And I was, I think I was kind of offended. I don't remember mm-hmm. how it all went down, but I was, because I was loaded. Yeah. And then I also remember somebody saying, Nancy, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and, and I just wasn't okay. Yeah. But, you know, and, and it just didn't even occur to me. Right. It just didn't occur to me. You know, I was one time um, uh, asking somebody, because they, they were buying a bunch of nips. I just happened to be in, in you know, uh, a package store buying something for somebody. Long story. But, yeah. you know, and, and I asked them, I said, they had a whole bunch of those little airplane bottles, right? They had like eight of them. And I said, why are you buying all these little airplane bottles? And the girl at the counter said, so I don't get caught with an open container. Wow. Uh huh. So they just do a shot while they're driving and, and throw just the bottle out the window. Yeah, I run. You know, wow. I I've I've been a runner. Mm-hmm. I don't run mm-hmm. like I used to, but I run. Mm-hmm. And and you see a ton of those little bottles along the side of the road. If you're walking your dog, sometime you know on a, on a main road, you'll see bottles, yeah. little little itty bitty nips. And that's why. And it makes it's just like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. look at how many people out there are driving while drinking and actually reinventing the way they do it to make it more you know not getting caught having an open container in the car imagine thinking that process all the way through that's crazy and and then people selling them to us this disease there's so much insidiousness that's what it is Mm -hmm. and then let's take a look at the dry goods you know dry goods being the um not alcohol but other other pills Mm -hmm. and 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 you know marijuana um, all those type of um, substances that people use and, and drive too. Yeah. And it's interesting. You wonder about that. I think about that. Mm-hmm. I do. Because I, I think about how a police would, even, you know, how, how you would even know. Like, what do you do? Do you, if somebody's driving under the influence right. or slurring or something's happening, how does that even work that you would, because uh, you're not breathing, Alcohol, right, in the breathalyzer thing, you're not, right. right, you're not testing positive for drunk driving, so I often wonder how that goes down, and if people, yeah, I, you know, I don't even really think about that, it's funny what we're talking about that. It sure but is. Because it's a big deal now, with pills and all these other substances, it really is a big deal, driving under the influence in that way. It is, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, there's people out there with a lot of different prescription drugs. Yeah. You know, and then these are medications prescribed by physicians, and they're they're still driving. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's kind of like when we get into, you know, coming into sobriety, and I'll speak for myself, but I'm, you know, pulling you into this too. It's kind of like we, we the insanity level, you know, the, our, our sanity changes because, you know, we lower the bar, we raise the bar, we raise the bar on, 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 our, on our responsibility. Mm-hmm. for um, ourselves and others and uh, certain behaviors and attitudes. And I just know that I hope that if there's one thing I've done in the last 31 years is that, mm-hmm. you know, I've taken the responsibility to making sure I do not drive while intoxicated. I don't drive and drink at all. I don't right. even drink because right. I can't. Because, you know, the first drink gets you drunk, yeah. you know, and I never ever want to experience where that would lead me. Yeah, agreed. Mm. I, you know, I think, too, um, in all fairness, and I'm not, oh, my God, it's not a fairness. I shouldn't use that word, and I, mm-hmm. I don't want to dismiss it as anything other than, you know, it's an addiction. 
That's yes. the problem here. And that's what we have to address. These are the issues. So with this um, addiction, we cause so many other things and the consequences to our behaviors sometimes are really even overlooked because we're so in the throes of where we're at, you know? I mean, at least that's how I feel about it. I feel like I didn't, I would never intentionally want to harm anyone, but I was such an addict. I wasn't, right. I, you know what I mean? I wasn't well, processing it no, in any exactly. way, except we were, that I we wanted were, to I, be drunk and I wanted to go home and like, it was such a, a sickness. You it know? sure is. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why we do what we do. Yeah. We, we, we mm -hmm. try to bring light to certain right. issues so people can say, oh, you know what? I never really thought of it that way. Or and maybe, maybe it would help break somebody else's denial process right. mm -hmm. and maybe it would help just some adults out there that are raising their kids and demonstrating yes. behaviors yes you mm -hmm. know are we going to drive and drink and mm -hmm. and if we are doing that you know maybe we with our kids in the cars too this is not a shaming thing it's just a real honest evaluation and inventory yeah. on ourselves absolutely mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on Rise and Recover, which is brought to you by Alumni in Recovery, local people speaking about addiction, connecting communities, helping others save lives, and making a difference together. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or go to our website, www.alumniinrecovery.org. Big thanks to Michael Venus for our music.